0: Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, and uh, a very good morning, afternoon, or evening to our podcast followers wherever you may be joining us from and a very pertinent introduction greeting there for me today because our guest joins us from all the way over in seattle in northwest us uh usa joe davey is the ceo and co-founder of bonsai um a platform that was set up to help improve registration and outreach among delegates um and of course i could be doing it a complete disservice with that introduction which is why joe is on the show today to tell us more about it joe welcome to the podcast
1: thanks James that's that, that's a great introduction
0: uh, the, you're, you're very kind and we should we should thank Joe for getting up as early as he, as he has today I'm recording this at 2 pm. UK time and so over in Seattle it's uh, it's just gone six in the morning so that's dedication <laughs> for you that's, that's I think that's the most dedicated guest we've had on the podcast happy to have that title um, so and, Joe I may not be the smartest but I'd like to have the most
1: dedicated. <laughs>
0: Well, we we, we we can confirm that in the next 25 minutes or 30 minutes, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Bonsai, um, as I said, it, it, this is a platform that, that you co-founded. You are the CEO of the company um, okay. and improving registration and outreach. Is that fair to say, broadly speaking, that's what it was set up to do?
1: Yeah. Bonsai is a performance marketing platform for events and webinars. So at our... That sounds complicated, but at our absolute core, what we do is help marketers get butts in seats for their events and their virtual events like webinars.
0: Mm-hmm. And the, the, the task of marketing an event now has become so complicated because of the the, the sheer volume of channels that are now at a marketer's disposal. Um, how does utilizing a platform like Bonsai um, help when it compares to using what I'd say, quote unquote, traditional methods, you know, print advertising, online, Google advertising, how does it compare?
1: Sure, so uh, the key insight when we started Bonsai was just exactly what you said, the sheer complexity that goes into uh, marketing an event and then the kind of the short life cycle that typically exists for that marketing. (laughs) So there's, you know, most event marketing, doesn't last more than a month. Um, certainly it never lasts more than, you know, a year or so. Um, in the absolute best case for the largest events in the world, maybe it lasts a year, but for 95% of the events out there, it lasts a month. And so, you know, we started, we we kind of realized and we started seeing this pattern over and over again of, you know, marketers, you know, spending all of this time to create all of these different channels, you know, going to even just the basics, getting your design team to, you know, design a registration page and then getting somebody to code that and then getting somebody to, you know, set that up uh, on your Mm -hmm. marketing automation system and wire that into your, you know, automations and set up your email templates and code those and get your cadences set up and, talk to your inside sales team and get them set up and working and get start running ads and all this stuff. And uh, what we realized was that there's, you know, a month of work that's going in or more that's going into setting it up. Mm -hmm. um, And then you turn around and a month later the events over and you blow it all away. (laughs) So our kind of core insight was that's, you know, it's a huge waste of time for people to build these things from scratch over and over again, and um, and there's so much complexity, as you said, that it's impossible for uh, a marketer who's typically also, you know, coordinating things like the logistics of the event and speakers yep. and sponsorships and, yep. you know, catering and where's the event going to be held and all of these things. Um, they're 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 wearing so many hats that there's no way for them to also be an expert at every aspect of the marketing that goes into an event. And so we thought, you know, gosh, if we could have some best practices um, kind of in a box, Mm -hmm. we could make it extremely easy for people to just go in and say, okay, here's the basic details about when my event's happening, what it's about, who I want to, you know, who I want to target as attendees, et cetera and we could go help them uh, kind of take it from there. So
0: Just that, picking up on something that you said, you used the, the, the phrase, when we realized. Um, who was that exactly? You're obviously the co-founder of the company. And, and when was that? When did that realization take place?
1: That's a good question. Um, so it's a funny story. My uh, the, the last company I worked at was a company called Avalara, which is a, a you know, kind of, relatively large um saas company in the in the US it's based here in Seattle um, it's like the the biggest company you've never heard of because everybody uses avalara products they're used to calculate uh sales tax rates vat tax rates mm-hmm. all this stuff so they basically power you know every business every time you're buying something online they're the ones that are powering that invisibly behind the scenes right um, my wife, uh, now my wife worked there and I, I met her there and she was uh, the person managing all of these events right. uh, for the company and so I saw her doing this like 25 times a year and um, I called uh, my co-founder Andy uh, one day and I just said, look, I think there's a problem here. I don't know exactly how we're going to solve it, but this is a real problem a real problem and i think people would pay if this problem went away yeah and do you want to do you want to just start a company with me to go solve this <laughs> and we talked for about two minutes and i I, you know, I don't think he hesitated at all he just said yeah sure like sign me up let's let's go <laughs> and what was what
0: was his background Did it, it, was it different to yours or, or similar
1: uh, yeah, Andy and I had started a company together about 10 years ago, so we knew each other well, and we went to the same college here in the United States to <laughs> the uh, University of North Carolina. Right. And, um, so Andy's, Andy's background was, you know, we, we did have some overlap, um, but mainly the, uh, mainly the, the kind of difference was that, uh, you know, he had more of a marketing, a direct marketing background. He had been the VP of marketing at a uh, BI, a a business intelligence uh, provider. Mm -hmm. So he, he kind of knew that world really well. And he had been, uh, uh, he had been an operations and technology person at our first company. Mm -hmm. So I knew that if we were going to do this, I was going to need a partner that could kind of figure out how to put all the pieces together and make it scale. And, really serve the customer because that's our number one mission um and so andy was like the the perfect guy he was like the first guy i thought of but also he was the perfect guy Uh, and presumably when you when you have an idea for
0: a product like this it's okay having that spark of an idea and the inspiration coming perhaps from one person or from one company but I would guess there has to then be a phase of, of research where you actually have to go out and see. right, is everybody struggling with this? You know, how many people are struggling with it? Was it just a one-off scenario or is there a genuine market for this further afield outside of my initial inspiration? Was Was there a long research phase where you wanted to talk to event organizers, where you wanted to, to find out about what other platforms are out there to help them with this?
1: Yeah, we we did. We spent pretty much the first year that we were in business just... Talking to potential customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first year we were in business, we did maybe $105,000 uh, in in revenue. We really didn't have much of a product. I mean, we we built kind of a rudimentary product, mm-hmm. and we just said, let's go, let's just go talk to people. Let's just see, can we sell it? Um, you know, one thing is, you can always get people's opinion. Yeah. Um, you can ask them their opinion of, oh, you know, what do you think about this? Do you think you would buy this? Is this interesting to you? Um, But the ultimate test is to say, okay, will you pay for this? How much will you pay for this? And so our approach was basically to say, we're going to build a really lightweight product. That's not, that's not the perfect solution, but it's a starting point. Mm -hmm. And, um, and from there, then we're going to take that. And, you know, if people actually will buy this from us, then we know we can go invest to, Kind of build up that product and, and bring it to where it needs to be. Sure. And I guess when when potential clients are looking at, at the value
0: to it, and, and when you're asking them the question of what would you pay for this, um, uh, 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 the natural incl- inclination I guess would be to look at how many people it could bring in through the door, i.e., how many new visitors or how many delegates could it could it bring into our events if we were to use this. But the other side to that is they also have to consider how much time they're going to save as a business how many man hours potentially they're recovering back into the company to invest elsewhere by streamlining and making easier the task
1: of bringing people into their events exactly exactly so so it's 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 both right on the one hand you know part of our pitch is hey you know we can help you grow these events you know we can help you get you know more attendees and and that's ultimately what people want but a very real part of our pitch is, hey, you're already doing a lot of other stuff here. Uh, is this really where you want to, you know, do you want to die on this hill? Is this where yeah. you want to spend your time? Yeah. Um, or do you want to just give it to us and we will make this problem go away for you? And sure. so that, uh, you know, that really resonates with marketers, especially, you know, when they're already so overloaded. Uh, with other stuff going on um when
0: it comes when you sit down with a client or or you know you, you talk to them over the phone and you look at the targets and the objectives for a particular event and and perhaps what you would like them to uh achieve by using your platform um how does it vary? Is it just about getting sheer numbers of people through the door? Is it about volume or will it come down to actually we we would prefer to have fewer people, but more of the right people. So we want to target people by job title or sector. How, how variable can it be when it comes to setting those objectives?
1: It's always, tar- with at least with our customers, it's always targeted to a certain extent. Um, that's that's kind of our, our secret sauce is helping them do that targeting and get that right and find not just, attendees, but the right attendees, you know? Um, and so that, that data, uh, to do that is, is part of our, uh, is part of our magic. Um, I would say it depends on the, on their strategy of what they're trying to do for their event as to, you know, how far they take that. So some Hmm. companies will say, look, I would rather have the right 20 people in the room for a dinner for like a you know a, a high-end executive dinner where i can bring one of my customers who's also a, a high-level executive and we can have a converse an industry conversation hmm. um so that's very attractive uh, on the uh, other hand some people say "Oh, i want to get two thousand people sure yeah yeah because i want to do market education and those are totally different strategies and they both can work really well but it you know just depends on what you're trying to do does- do the targets and the
0: objectives set by your clients change how Bonsai as a platform then actually works and, and, and uh, searches and targets people? Uh, and I suppose that leads me on to, to a more perhaps obvious question, which is how does the platform work? Without giving away the recipe to the secret sauce, how, you know, how does it work? Is it, is it searching the internet? Is it utilising other social media platforms and things to source information? Give, give us a sort of a fundamental idea about how it's working
1: sure sure well we have a uh, we have a, a basically a large uh, uh database of targeted uh you know i t marketing mm-hmm. h uh, r other professionals all around the world so um, we have uh, you know we have basically uh you know we we can kind of help you figure out okay if i'm hosting an event in You know, Sydney, Australia, or I'm hosting an event in New York uh, or San Francisco or London, Mm -hmm. uh, we can say, okay, who are the people that are in that region? um, First of all, and then who are the people that actually, you know, fit the criteria of what you're looking for? So if you're selling an IT security product, um, you may, and you want to have, you know, an event for IT security professionals so they can. Uh, you know, learn about industry trends, learn about what's yeah. going on. And then, and you can also in that context, talk about why your product, you know, is relevant to them. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, we can say, okay, great. Like we know the people that uh, are, you know, or yeah, are in that region, but also that have that, you know, affinity that are responsible for it security at their companies. Um, and so we can help you kind of identify who those, who those people are. And that, that way the content is much more relevant for, uh, for the, the prospects we're reaching out to also, you know, mm-hmm. we don't want people to get a bunch of, you know, spam. That's a horrible strategy. So, yeah. uh, so we basically try to say, let's, you know, let's send this message to people that we know are, you know, that it's relevant for, um, mm-hmm. and that we know are going to get value out of this. So,
0: where, where is that term, that initial sort of data sourced from? Is that uh, 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 via a number of different sort of strategies and, and 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 streams? You know, and presumably that's something that will continual continually evolve. It uh, evolves, sorry. Um, but yeah, where, where does that sort of initial data come from?
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's it's uh, it's sourced from all over the place, and um, I would say the the uh, the the main thing that we're trying to do is you know, yeah, we can get, uh, you know, we can get that kind of raw data. Mm -hmm. Um, but the main thing that we care about is how do we make, uh, how do we make our messages relevant? And so, so for that, it's really about trying to understand, um, you know, what, what somebody, uh, you know, what somebody actually cares about when they walk into work when they put their, you know, hat on of, okay, I'm, I'm no longer Joe, the, uh, you know, Guy who lives in Seattle. I'm Joe, the CEO of this company. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I care about different things. So what are those things? How can we understand that? And how can we uh, basically, you know, help show them things that, that they care about?
0: in in terms of um success i I suppose we need to put a timeline on things as well um how how long um how long has the the platform been available when was when was that sort of initial moment of inspiration um as a timeline to now
1: that's a great question yeah we uh we originally you know had the first conversation about let's start a company maybe in september of 2015 right Uh, okay it probably took us until about uh, march of 2017 probably 18 months later to say okay we have all the market data that we need you know we've sold this to a few customers you know we know that there's a business here let you know we've built we've built a basic product let's go launch that for real uh, yeah up until then it had all been kind of you know testing and kind of faking it with our product yeah that, yeah. that okay like we're really doing this let's, let's that's really
0: what we want. And and how soon after it was it was you know launched fully, um, did you start to see repeat business? Because obviously, if, if something like this works, it's going to become very very attractive for something that instantly any event organizer will say, right? Well, we have to use that again. Um, so how soon did that come about before you started to have clients coming back to you saying, we're ready for you again?
1: Absolutely, from day one. Um, we we had you know the the very first client uh, that we ever uh, signed in the event on the event side of the business, um, was a, a small IT security company, kind of a startup in, uh, the San Francisco Bay area, Silicon Valley area. Hmm. And, uh, they, you know, called us and said, Oh, we want to do this event. And, you know, I think we were still working on that one. And they called us back and they said, this is going so well. Like, we're, we're going to stop doing other types of marketing. We're just going to use you guys, and, uh, and we want to roll this out across, you know, three or four more events. Wow. So it was, like, almost immediately we knew, okay, like, we're on to something here. Like, there were still a lot of questions around, you know, can we scale mm-hmm. this, and can we really, truly make this great for all customers and, and all of that, but... Right away, we knew if we, can, if we can build a great product and if we can deliver a great product, that people will buy a lot of it. Absolutely.
0: And, and, and I guess having that um, initial success, uh, uh, to call it that, and, and having that, that first client come back straight away and say, yes, we want to do more events and we want to do more of this and we want to use you again, puts you in a great position. Because if uh, you know, from from my experience, looking at and, and having spoken to you know, tens, if not hundreds of of tech startups over the last, you know, four or five years, yeah. um, you know, if, if that success and if that, uh those sort of testimonials and and clients saying how great the product is doesn't come fairly quickly it doesn't take long for you to sort of fall by the wayside and be overtaken by something else you know you need to have it right straight off the bat don't you really And, and start getting that good feedback straight away because if it doesn't come after six months or 12 months then chances are the product might not quite be right and it's not working for the people that you have sold it to
1: That's absolutely right. I mean, you know, these days, I I think in the uh, MarTech 5000 uh, for 2019, which came out maybe a month or so ago, there were 7000 companies or something. So they've even surpassed the name of the list. Uh Um, You know, it's no longer the MarTech 5000. Um, So, okay, when you're in a field of 7000 vendors, you Mm -hmm. have to be extremely relevant. Um, you have to be solving a problem that is, you know, in extremely real pain and you have to be doing it um, extremely well. And there's no room for vendors that provide a marginally useful solution um, or that, you know, don't deliver on what they're promising. Uh, So, you know, for us uh, the whole theory that the whole theory was, okay, if we can, if we like, once we validated that problem, our whole theory was: if we can just build a great uh, solution to this problem, yeah, and we know there's a market there, so let's try to find out as quickly as possible whether people like the solution, whether we're actually delivering value. Sure. And so that's why we started off really lean and just said, okay, you know, let's just fake it till we make it. Let's let's do this <laughs> in a really ugly way. Um, but if it works, then we can turn that into code and then we have a product and we can scale it. Yeah.
0: So, so, some, some of the, some of the world's greatest entrepreneurs have faked it until they've made it. You know, you, the, the, I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, it, it's a Richard Branson quote when he started Virgin or it, it, he's, you know, he said, if somebody asks you, can you do something, say yes, and then figure out how to do it later. Exactly. You know, and, and there's a lot of great businesses and business men and business women who've, who've built empires based on that sort of thinking of, come on, let's just commit to it and and get it done. Um, Yeah, absolutely. When when you sort of look at where you are now compared to where you were with the initial idea in 2015, um, are you satisfied that that the product is, is working exactly as you would? Is there scope for it to continue to develop even further? Or is there perhaps other areas of tech where you could now Having established bonsai, I think well, we could explore that as well. What what are the plans for the future?
1: That's a great question. Um, I'd say there's there's basically two you know basically two things that we're working on. One is just improving the completeness of our technology solution. Um, so you know if we're offering this event registration uh, platform, you know what other things could we offer? Um, you know can we offer event registration pages, you know, that you could build quickly. Could we offer, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, attendee check-in and make that a great experience. Um, Could we offer, you know, online hosting for digital content, like recorded webinars, uh, or even like recorded live events. Uh, So much of that content gets wasted. So there's lots of opportunities there to expand just the the breadth of that solution. Um, And then I'd say the second thing is just trying to have a deeper relationship with uh, the audience that our customers are trying to engage with. Uh, So, you know, as I said earlier, we're always trying to understand them better and understand how to give them relevant content. Um, So same thing, you know, same thing applies when you think about, uh, you know, how can we provide more value to them? Um, So if you're, you know, an IT, you know, security manager at your company, um, how can Bonsai as a company provide, you know, some relevant value to you uh, that can ultimately help you, you know, be better in your job Mm -hmm. and where we can learn about you in turn. And so you can say, well, here's the things that I'm responsible for. Maybe I'm responsible for cloud and virtualization and security. So, you know, show me that kind of content and, you know, we can go and and help people find those uh, events and webinars that are kind of educational and relevant to what they're doing. Um, One thing that I
0: think, most event organizers that i know would um would, would back me up on and advocate is that uh it, it's great having it, it, pre-registrations are only ever an indication of, of who's going to turn up to your to your event you know so um generating registrations is great if you've got a headline figure of how many people pre-registered you know that is a usable statistic without a doubt um the people who walk through the door will be a really key statistic but often for event organizers they want to be able to follow up and target the people who pre-registered but then who didn't come they want to be able to find out why didn't they come what stopped them coming did they think it might not be relevant to them could they not make it because of the dates the time whatever it was you know how does um how does bonsai sort of dovetail with um crm systems or other sort of uh platforms that event organizers may be using in order to be able to follow up the people who didn't come but who you did manage to target through your platform and who did register
1: yeah that's a great question uh yeah the 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 attendance rate is always uh is always a problem i'd say you know we think there's opportunities for product to help a company's uh team follow up with all all registrants you know attendees and no shows mm-hmm. uh, and do that in a in a more effective way because we know that's a pain point for especially for marketers or event organizers it's like okay, great, you know you registered for the event now what um so we think that we think that's a big one and then and then yeah you know just tracking the uh just basically tracking the attendance rate, tracking and saying, okay, do we know who came and, and, you know, do we know, uh, you know, who didn't come and can we follow up with them differently, for example, or if we have, you know, some subsequent, you know, communication to go out, can we, you know, segment it based on that? Mm -hmm. Um, another, another big thing, um, at least that, you know, we've said, Hey, this, uh, you know, is, Is a useful or this could be useful um, is for those uh, for those marketers to actually be able to say okay uh, you know my event I've got you know 50 people registered can we help them predict uh, how many people are actually going to show up yeah can we say okay for this type of event we think maybe 25 people will show up. We think maybe 30 people will show up. Some of that predictive analytics so they can better plan on, you know, how large is the venue need to be? You know, how, what size does the room need to be? If I've got yeah. catering, what volume of that do I need to do? Um, all, of, all of that stuff. So there's, we think there's lots of opportunities to improve that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. i
0: mentioned um we are coming towards the end of today's episode but at the very start i mentioned that joe is joining us today from seattle uh, in uh, in northwest uh usa um is is the product developed fundamentally for the u.s market or have you got international users you know if, if a if a uk organizer came to you and said look i'm interested in what i heard um would it work over here or is it reliant on, on having the correct data that would be applicable to a specific territory?
1: It's a great question. Um, it is, it is, uh, you know, in use internationally at this point, we, you know, don't support every country. Um, but we support many countries. We support UK. Um, and what we found is that, you know, there's many U S companies that want to be in those international markets. So, there's U.S. companies that want to reach the U.K. market. There's U.S. companies that want to reach the Australia, New Zealand market or um, even, you know, Singapore, China, India, even markets like that now are becoming more attractive for, yeah. uh, for companies to reach. So, you know, we've, we've seen it's not necessarily just, you know, people hosting events in their backyard, but really the people want to expand their, uh, their, their global footprint. Mm -hmm. and so yeah from maybe not day one but from you know year one we said okay we have to be able to support that and um we've gotten better better at it over time and I guess uh for us you know that's a constant uh it's a constant battle you know okay what what geographies can we expand how can we yeah uh you know how can we you know better serve customers in those areas so um we're, we're we're always evolving there but yeah we we support a lot of international geographies right now fantastic our,
0: our guest on the podcast today is uh, joe davey joe is the ceo and co-founder of bonsai um and as i've said a couple of times now based over in the usa uh, up in seattle joe anybody listening to the podcast today interested in what you guys are doing and maybe want to get in touch with you to find out a little bit more how do they do that
1: Sure. Uh, easy. You can email us at team at getbonsai, B A N Z A I.com. Uh, you can message me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at JPDavy, uh, at JPDavy. Uh, or go to our website, getbonsai.com. Fantastic, um, and, and once again, as I said at the start
0: of the episode, uh, we should offer our big thanks to Joe because it's six a.m. in the morning over in Seattle. It's 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 two thirty in the afternoon for me. You know, I'm absolutely fine. I'm dandy. I've had some lunch. You know, it's the middle of the day for me. Joe's done this first thing in the morning and answered all the questions eloquently and with some style at six thirty a.m., which is not something uh, I could do, and many of our listeners, I'm sure, would struggle with as well. Joe, thanks very much for joining the podcast today. It's been oh, great to have you, you on. If you're watching the video version of this podcast via eventindustrynews.com, head over to Podbean or iTunes or your favorite podcast downloader and get all of the previous episodes of the podcast as audio versions. Great to listen to on your commute to and from work, or if you're out and about and you've got a little bit of downtime at uh, at the events that you're working on. um, If you are listening to today's podcast, why not hop over to eventindustrynews.com? We've got videos of all of our podcasts, as well as being able to access all the latest features, news and content that's on the event industry news website but for now our thanks once again to CEO and co-founder of Bonsai Joe Davey my name's James Dixon and we'll see you on the next episode of the event industry news podcast thanks very much goodbye